And we're back live on our Friday, which, you know, that means it's hockey time. There you go. Getting <laughs> uh, closer and closer. Yeah. Monday uh, camps officially open up. Yeah. So Also, um, uh, yeah, sorry, I did throw this right away out there. For the record, I apologize if anyone can't see me that well. The mm-hmm. lighting in my room is awful, and it's also thanks to my the blackout curtains, everything, and also it's pouring outside here. Yeah. So. So forgiveness uh, there, but yes, it's, it's a dismal day out here in Narnia. <laughs> yes, but like Mike said, it's a hockey day. It's a hockey day, which means Jeff is in the right room. Yes. <laughs> um, I think so, he might be a Flyers fan. Can't really be sure. No, um, no. Go back to I'm the Canucks fan. You yeah, know go back that. to the bunch of podcasts before then to get <laughs> our. <laughs> you'll get a better understanding or even just go to our Whitmer and Quake podcast.com and you can easily tell it's oh, either, it's either flyer right it's either flyers or oilers because those oh, are, right, except it's black i think not blue but eh. or maybe it's the ducks oh uh, it could be it could be a possible stretch of the flames yes yeah we'll possible. see we'll see um <laughs> Sorry, a uh, slight little plug there of our own stuff, but uh, oh yeah, no, I love it. That was but perfect. We actually got a, a dude. We got a lot to talk, about. To talk um, about. They got some updates, coaches hirings uh, to talk mm-hmm. about. Uh, updates on the league, important dates to keep in mind. Uh, yep. Dates for the league itself when play resumes and that. Also, um, we got some tentative dates for next year, which yep. is interesting. Uh, we're gonna talk about the. Um, uh, salary cap too. Yes, we we got uh, a decent amount there to talk about. There's uh, some thoughts by Elliot Freeman, uh, and then really to wrap everything up. Uh, or uh, well, so uh, before we talk about the Flyers uh, preview at the very end, one thing we're going to do is we are going to discuss uh, some teams that are going to be hurting by the salary cap for next year. For next year, correct. Keep that in mind. Um, it's for next year. Yes. So um, with also that something being, we didn't mention last yeah. time, I think for our hockey podcast, uh, but we mentioned it when you're with Matt. I don't know if we ever mentioned the results of the draft lottery. Oh, you know what? I think I don't think a, we did, but I think it's. I don't think we technically did. We didn't really, but we kind of did on the last podcast. But yeah, <laughs> not that um, it really matters because I think people who w- would listen to this, who are hockey yeah. fans, would know by now what the right. But that is and so, everything. But, but um, anyways, I, mean, I think we, we can yeah. jump right in on this podcast with the yes. most uh, up, most kind of breaking kind of news kind mm-hmm. of thing that came. The out, Devils I have a new coach. Yesterday, I think it happened. It uh, was yesterday. Yep. Lindy Ruff is going to be a coach again in NHL. So this one kind of puzzles me. It's again, I like Lindy Ruff a lot. Mm-hmm. I think he's a great coach, great guy, but. The Devils, I think they got this wrong. I think they should have really – I mean, again, maybe they push for other coaches too. I don't know. And But, again, maybe I guess Lindy Ruff was your guy all along. If I were them, I would have gone after someone like Peter Lavillette or Gerard Gallant, who are both uh, not – you know, who are both currently not coaching at all um, for, for current NHL I teams. Mean- I just brought up it because I was curious on his coaching mm-hmm. kind of record, but he hasn't coached right. since he, he, 16, he has, 17 since he was with uh, the Stars, I want to say. Yep, since he was the yeah. Stars. Yeah, um, and then he was an assistant coach with the Rangers, and the Rangers, uh, they actually 
replaced Lindy Ruff on their staff with uh, former Flyers assistant coach Gordon Murphy. Mm-hmm. Which so, makes which would make sense because there's yeah. no reason to keep Lindy Ruff since he just uh, exactly accepted a job with the rain uh, with the Devils. So. Yep. Um, what do you think about the Surprisingly, hire? Surprisingly, though, looking at it, he's only he's only uh, looking at Lindy Ruff's accomplishments. Granted, you can't take away his 571 wins. He has 500. Uh, uh, he has a 560 uh, winning percentage, which is pretty good. Uh, f- with 570 wins, fourth at 32 losses, and uh, 78 overtime losses, um, and he's only been an Easter Conference champion. He hasn't really done much. In the playoffs, and that happened in 98-99. And that was with the Buffalo Sabres. Mm -hmm. Where he spent most of his time. But Not saying he hasn't hasn't been in the playoffs either, because he's been there a couple times. So so let me ask you this, Mike. What do you think of the Lindy Ruff hire in New Jersey? Is it a good fit for both sides? Does it make sense? Real quick, he's been to the playoffs 10 times. There you go. Uh, he's 57-44 in the playoffs. Could be better, could be games. worse. 564. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, that was with the – sorry, hold on. <laughs> Those stats have met, met, uh, just routed off were when he was with uh, Sabres. He has 14, 1,493 NHL wins. His uh, winning percentage is 561 career. Uh, and his playoff is 550 in 120 games, 66 and 54. Because mm-hmm. he played, he had a couple playoff appearance with the Stars as well. Right. Um, yeah, he did. But for me, we've mentioned it many times with the Devils, where they're in a very strange kind of predicament, kind of on the their previous GM, what's Ray Shero was his? Yeah, Ray Shero. Yep. Um, and that they really aren't a team that can really compete at the moment, even mm-hmm. though they got obviously they had Nico Heischer, Jack Hughes, um, Kawasaka, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. and obviously, after all the moves made the past offseason, which seems like an eternity ago, uh, really get, getting PK Subban, having Su- uh, Simmons then trading him away. Yeah. You acquired uh, Nikita Gusev, uh, which I still think is a pretty uh, good pickup for them. But mm-hmm. They're just not a team that – and their goaltending situation isn't really the best to really uh, to kind of make a push because Corey Schneider, his issues, obviously injury issues, yeah. but he's got um, – he hasn't really been consistent since then. Uh, they have a young and upcoming goalie in Blackwood, but he's still 23, so you don't really know what you got from him. They also so did acquire at the deadline Ray uh, no went, foot from Tampa Bay, so that was big. Yeah, Ray Shero kind of went, like, let's try to go for it and see if we can't, like, squeeze into playoffs here, but they're just not ready for it. No. Um, so getting a guy like Gerard Gallant or Peter Laviolette, to me, seemed like a far catch if you're a team – uh, I think I mentioned this many times talking to them, those two guys. Mm-hmm. If you're a team that's on the bubble or in the playoffs, but just needs someone to kickstart you to get farther into the playoffs, those are the places where I think those guys will uh, succeed. Those aren't the type of guys I would necessarily 
like a lot more recently just because of success and uh, mm. uh and Laviletu of guys that would really be there for a rebuild uh Lenny right. Ruff to me because he was with the Sabres for a long time he's got the he's got experience in the league uh so I think that's actually a pretty good hiring pretty interesting okay. hiring um, it would it's be definitely interesting. interesting for sure, I will say. Uh, we'll see how he does. Like I said, last time he coached was in 2017. Head coached. Mm-hmm. Head coached. Yes. Um, assistant coaching and head coaching, two completely different things. Um, but still. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, I, I I could see again. I, 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 I like see, Ruff. I I like I kind of like the hiring. Um, okay. So we'll see. Uh, uh, again, I, I like Ruff. I think he's a good coach and everything. Um, I'm just trying to figure out like who who else might be out there be, besides Lindy Ruff, for example. That he also has a Jack Adams award in his pocket too. In 05 and 06. There you go. Um, so. So that's another I, I thing guess too. the point I, I that you're they, making. I think what Tom Fitzgerald, who we'll get into in a second, our good friend Tommy, not Tommy, um, he, <laughs> uh, I think he wanted to go with someone with experience. Yeah, and Lindy Ruff and you, you obviously can see has that because we Cause saw he's been coaching for the Flyers obviously over know twenty this. years now. The Flyers already know already obviously know this from their uh, success with head coach before Bobby. Uh, before Elaine Vigneault was Dave Haxtell and jumped right into the NHL with not much experience. It takes a lot, and sometimes coaches aren't really the best at acclimating to going right. to the pro game. That's the same if you're saying going from someone who was in, say, juniors and then coming over, Gord Murphy, yeah. <laughs> even though he was an assistant coach. Um, yes. So I, I get the wanting to get someone with experience. It's just whether he can adapt his team to what the newer kind of what the today NHL kind of is with the team. Right. Um, and again, I think, oh, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's more of a defensive oriented system, right? For Lindy Ruff, right? Yeah. I, I kind um, of, it's I, I just to remember say... him because the one thing I do remember is specifically just talking about Ruff and before is yeah. that, Playoff series with the Flyers in what 2011 12 or 2010 2011. Uh, yeah, 10 11. Sorry, um, it went seven games and they lost, but it was a tough battle. It was, Lakers, it was honestly a the lot. Flyers had that a lot of it you do have to say for Ryan Miller because a lot of those games he did stand on his head. Um, and the Flyers just couldn't really at times couldn't get past them, but Lindy Ruff made it hard on the Flyers to mm-hmm. be able to beat them, and a lot of that I think is why they didn't go as far into that playoffs. I think a lot of energy and everything went towards that series. So I think he, with the team that the Sabres have, uh, it depends on what else he brings in around him and what Tom Fitzgerald brings in with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that he is now the no longer interim, he is actually going to be the GM of the yeah. New Jersey Devils and uh, building this team and having these guys with experience because I have to say their old system, I forget who their old head coach was off the top of my head, and Ray Sherrill, I feel like they didn't do the best with... Uh, for, for Jersey? Yeah, with... John Hines. John Hines, that's who it was. At uh, really 
having these guys develop. We joke about it all the time, but Pavel Zaka, he was from 2015-16 or 2015 draft. And he still, to me, seems to be a guy that's just unknown and not really shown much. Right. I think he did a little better this year, but still. Hopefully he... Hopefully, Tom Fitzgerald and Lenny Ruff can do a little better at having these guys develop because they have another young guy in Jack Hughes. He's 19, and he is not our Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, Jack Eichel-type player where they're just going to dominate automatically. He's going to take some time to develop into a great player. Yeah, and again, I think that Jack Hughes, you know, he, he certainly will be that star player for the New Jersey Devils. But kind of over just thinking about it is since Lindy's rough system, like you mentioned, and I'm pretty sure it is accurate, Mike, is uh, more of a defensive system. I think that also I mean, would help. I think that'll help PK a little more too. That would definitely help Subban PK. struggled in New Jersey for sure. Oh, big time. Um, the thing is, though, is would it help? I feel like it would help a player like Nika Hishir as well. However, oh, yeah. would it help someone like Jack Hughes? Because he's an offensive scoring threat, at least what he's projected to be. Now, I could be I wrong. Mean, you that... could say the same thing, but just look at uh, Matt Barzell in New York. That's another pretty that's defensive system. That's but true he... with Barry Trotz. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good point. Because if, if you look at the other teams that are defensive-oriented, it's not like they don't have offensive skill. Look at St. Louis. Right. They've got some offensive skill sets there. And that's a very, um, very awesome Columbus, um, defensive. Columbus, not so much. I think there's still some development there for their offensive game, but they're another team in yeah. John Torello's system that's very defensive. But mm-hmm. his, these, not that these systems don't work. It's just right. bringing enough pieces to make it work. Yeah, uh, and I think I'm just curious to I see think there's like also how this it affects of Jack Hughes. Potentially going back to, say, the Devils of the 90s or early 2000s with the Bredor de- uh, Devils that kind of mm-hmm. kind of was a pain in the ass, but kind of more defensively oriented kind of team. Yeah, but again, just, uh, just I think look at – they're trying to get yeah. back into that a little bit. That's just kind of my thing. Okay. I could be wrong. I don't know the Devils, so that's just right. But no, that, that, that's certainly – Right, and that's certainly a very good guess, and and um, you know, frankly, I, I'm excited to see what Lindy Ruff could bring to the Devils as like trying to be an unbiased, you know, fan and everything of, of the game of hockey. Just and he didn't really look- have it. He didn't even have a chance, Lindy Ruff, with uh, Jack Eichel in Buffalo. No, he, was, he really he didn't. Fired before he got there. No, you know, you know, yeah, that's that's a good point. So now that you mention it, I'm curious to see. What, Really curious, even more now. So uh, to say what he'll do with uh, when he went to Dallas, he already had exp- had experienced uh, Sagan and Ben. Ben, yeah, there. Yep, that's right. So let's kind of move on a little bit. But what uh, do you think of the Tom Fitzgerald kind of? Uh, I, oh yeah, so actually that, that's a uh, good segue. The full um, which I actually so, think is, if you look at the minor moves he did make, yeah, especially trade deadline. Um, Thankfully, they don't have uh, one of the first three overall picks. Like, oh here's Patty. but yeah. he, he did get three first-round picks. He so away, I'll put he it. Traded this away way, Ter- yeah. Taylor Hall. He traded away Andy Green uh, for a first-round pick. If I'm not mistaken, uh, second, I thought it was a second, second, second-round pick in 2021 for Andy Green. That's impressive. Yeah, he did, and then he 
got he traded away si- uh, uh, Simmons. I don't. I always want to say Subban for some reason. Uh, he traded away uh, Simmons, and I don't even. I don't even think Buffalo was even close to making what the condi- uh, conditions were. No. So the the trade was it's a conditional fifth round pick. Basically, the trade was I need to go down to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Simmons for and and half his salary was retained for a 2021 conditional fifth round pick. Conditions: If Simmons plays in ten regular season games a season, which I believe he did, he and Buffalo qualify. Oh, he did. He didn't play seven. He only played seven. Wow. So, so wow. So the the uh, the fact that uh, that didn't even happen, the, uh, it doesn't even matter. So it would have. The, both conditions would have had to have met. It would have been how to play in 10 regular season games for Simmons. And this one still, unfortunately, for Buffalo makes me laugh. Buffalo qualifies for the 2020 playoffs. The selection upgrades to a 2021 fourth-round pick. Both conditions had to have been met, and both were not met. Yeah. Um, so, but, you know, going back to the um, – just the deadline and everything. Oh, and they also at, – for Blake Coleman, they got yeah. a first-round pick for that too. Oh yeah, no. He's done uh, so I just want to go back to the trade history really quickly. Um, let's start. I do want to start with the. Well, let's start with the tail. Um, they. Uh, I believe Fitzgerald was Tom, Tom Fitzgerald, the one who got the who got Gusev from Vegas in that deal. He gave up a 2021 second in 2023. I, I think that was still sure. Oh no, I think you're I, right. Actually, let, um, let's do this. Tom Fitzgerald, uh, trade. So there I'll put it this way. So uh, his um, first trade Fitz, was was the, the David was the Andy, was the Andy Green. Green trade. Yep. And, yeah, because Taylor Hall trade was still under Ray Sherrill, so we're going to skip that one. Just Andy Green for Hall. David Quenville in a 2021 second round pick. Quenville's not a bad player. Um, he's more of an you know an AHL kind of NHL mm-hmm. bubble guy, but Still, they you gotta throw 20, him 20, in. 21 second round pick. Yeah, and, and that's the big thing. And they also Green, not only that, they also got rid of million yeah. dollars in salary cap. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh, uh I want to say and then the Coleman got... trade for last because that is the one I'm going to give him those credit for, and I have a lot to talk about for that trade. So I'm going to skip that mm-hmm. one for now. The Simmer trade, uh, the Wayne Simmons trade we talked about. Obviously this they one, goaltending issues. So they this one I give a lot of credit for uh, Tom Fitzgerald. He got rid of Louis Domingue for yeah. Zane McIntyre. So for me personally, I know the name Zane McIntyre um, during my internship and everything. I saw him play during the Providence Bruins, uh, Wilkes-Barre Grand Penguins round one in 2017. And McIntyre was lights out. He uh, he helped propel uh, Providence to the next round. I can't remember how far they went. I think they went to the conference finals that year. But I will tell you one thing: Wilkes-Barre Scranton was very powerful that year. They were the best record in all, the entire HL that season. They had uh, Zach Aston Reese, Derek Puglia. They had Oscar Sundquist. Some NHL names right there. And um, McIntyre did a phenomenal job in the playoffs, especially game four and game five, shutting them down. And the Wilkes were scoring, could not score. So that was a big one. Unfortunately, also, unfortunately yeah. he's going to be nothing more than an AHLer. He's right. 2017, he, he's, tw- well, 2017. he's 27. <laughs> he was drafted yeah. in 2010. Yeah. Uh, again, he, he's an AHL journeyman, but I will say this. If 
goalies get hurt down the line, he might be one of those guys that gets caught up kind of thing, just mm-hmm. kind of like Stolars and Alex Line kind of thing. Yeah. It, I, I, again, I don't mind that he's an AHL guy, but I'm more than okay for mm-hmm. New Jersey's sake. If I was in their shoes, but I'd be very comfortable with having the same, him there. You can make the same argument with Louis Domingue. I think Louis Domingue is the better goaltender. He's He has a little more experience, I think, in the NHL. Right. He definitely has more experience. Um, he could be the better goaltender. Uh, but based off of, you know, the, the uh, series and you know uh, that I saw in the games I tracked McIntyre and everything. Yeah. Uh, and again, he's probably way, gone both, better. They're both pretty yeah. much either a back. They're both the backup at mo- at best right. at this point. So. Uh, they, and then, they just kind of swapped AHL goalies. So. Yeah, but again, I, I for for my personal sake, I like the mm. the trade for them getting Sam McIntyre. Yeah. Um. All right, and uh, another one before we get to Blake Coleman trade. Sammy Vatanen was traded to the Carolina Hurricanes. This is a big percent deadline. Yeah, fifty uh, percent salary retained. Um, so they dump two point four three seven mil. Uh, they get Frederick Clayson, John Kukinen, and uh, two thousand twenty conditional fourth round pick. Now New Jersey receives a, the the fourth round pick if Vatanen plays in five regular season games this season, which I don't know because I think he got hurt, he did didn't not. he? He didn't. He was hurt when he got traded. He never played. So the season the pick ended. Did so. not upgrade to. Oh, so so, so he, here's here's what happened. So the pick upgrades to a 2020 third round pick if Vatanen plays in 12 regular season games, which he did not, or Carolina makes the playoffs, which so far they technically have, but and not entirely. Percent of the games. So as long as Vatanen basically basically plays in 70 percent of the games. Uh, New Jersey should get a third round pick, um, which is pretty dang good. So it's pretty dang right. good, but you, Carolina also did well there too. Oh, they did very well. Uh, all right. So, uh, any other thoughts before we move to the Coleman trade? No, this is the one okay. that you you care more about because yes, you're a, bit, so, you're a big kind of known foot kind of fan or. Yes. Uh, promise uh, of Nolan Foot. Same thing with Cal Foot, his brother, who's yeah. still luckily on Tampa Bay. Um, so the trade was Blake Coleman to the Tampa Bay Lightning for Nolan Foot and a 2020 conditional first round pick, which was Vancouver's. The condition was uh, if the Canucks did not make the playoffs in 2019 20, the 2020 first round pick will transfer to a 2021 first round pick instead. So again, technically a, the Vancouver could be Canucks. A of that. It, it could be because the Canucks are technically in the playoffs, but they're technically not. They have to win the qualifying round to go into round one. If that happens, um, then the pick will be for this year and not for next year. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. But um, what are your thoughts on this trade? Do you think this was too much, too little, just the right amount? What do you think for Blake Coleman? Um, it was a little too much, but uh, that's just me. Uh, just real quick. I'm bringing up um, the stats right here. So Coleman was a former third-round pick in 2011. Plays, Vancouver plays Minnesota. Okay. In the playoff, in the play-in, not necessarily a walk in the park, but no, but it's still, still it's, still it's going to be a competitive series. Mm-hmm. I think that could easily go four, if not five. Uh, I, I I say five. Um, yeah, it could. 
they're so such a young, the only thing is they're a young team. So we'll see how that right. plays a factor. Hey, we'll see Elias Pedersen do some damage. Damage, I'm sure. I'm hoping to see some action from Thatcher Demko between the pipes. We'll see what happens. Um, so as for Coleman to Tampa Bay, he is 32 points in 66 games this year, 21 goals, 11 assists. Not bad. Uh, career-wise, this is the only thing that gets me. So, so far, and then also uh, in nine games already with Tampa Bay, Coleman only has one assist. Um, Coleman's best um, best season came in 2018-19, which is last year with New Jersey. 78 games played, 22 goals, 14 assists, 36 points. Not once has he played in 82 games in his so far rather young career um, in yeah, just – a combined four seasons. I'm saying there's um, the most he's ne- he's never put up more than 23 goals. Um, so I'll put a, it this yeah, way. it's a little it's a little much. It's a right. net worth of first round pick, Blake Coleman. Now, yeah. So even I don't know if you have any. I don't know if you have any. A, uh, yeah, uh, young prospect. Right. So I don't know if you have any other thoughts on this trade personally before no, I I think we've dive in. About, yeah, we've talked about it. Okay. Um, so for me personally, they gave up an uh, Tom Fitzgerald fleeced Tampa Bay. This was one of the worst trades I've seen in the last five years because wh- why would you give up? A can a, you know a first round pick alone for Blake Coleman. Yes, he's a depth guy. He can get you twenty plus goals. That's fine. But so far, he hasn't proven anything to me in Tampa Bay, especially. I mean, that's um, only, only nine games in the season was put on hold. Right now, I know. Put, I'm not going to put him that much on. Right now, I know. But still, with with still, I would prefer to see at least more than just one assist in Tampa Bay with that kind of team, with that kind of talent. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe five at most would be preferable, but just one point is obviously better than nothing. But anyway, um, the big, you know, fine, they get rid of the first-round pick, whatever. The big part that I have a problem with is Nolan Foote. This kid, he's 6'3", 191, sorry, 195 pounds. Um, his brother, Cal Foote, is a defenseman for Tampa Bay, but for Nolan Foote, he's a left wing. Um, he's only 19 years old. He's drafted first round in 2019. He is going to do some serious damage in the NHL when he gets here. He, uh, both him and his brother are the son of uh, sons of the. Uh, I don't. I can't remember if he's in the Hall of Fame, but uh, the famous uh, Adam, but uh, the Colorado Avalanche that was a big rugged defenseman back in the early 90s, 2000s, um, but. For Nolan Foote, uh, he looks here in the 2019-20. So this past season, 33 points, 27 games in the WHL for the Kelowna uh, Rockets. 15 goals, 18 assists. The year before that, 63 goal. Sorry, 63 points in uh, 66 games, 36 goals, 27 assists. And then his uh, second year is 13 goals, 27 assists, 40 points, 50 games, and his. His rookie year with uh, the Rockets and the WHL, 2016-17, 35 points, 52 games. 19 of them are goals, 16 assists. So this kid has some serious talent, and he's going to continue to grow. Big left wing. 
he's only 19 right now. So okay. he's just going to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really surprised, again, on the return that Tampa Bay gave up for Coleman. I thought it was an absurd amount. I really thought Briz Boys was – oh, gosh. He, he gave up an absurd amount for a guy who I want to say – I got to get a Tampa Bay's cap friendly for a second. I apologize. Um, I'm pretty sure Coleman is a UFA as well this year. So if he just turns out to be a rental and doesn't resign, then no. Okay. No, I apologize. Uh, So uh, Coleman, his contract, he still has uh, another year on his contract. It's also not that much either. Right, one point eight mil, which is fine. Again, it's just which is great I'm, for the which is great for the Lightning. All things right. I, I am comfortable with the fact that he's there in Tampa Bay for at least another year or so. Maybe I think maybe two years tops. But still, the fact that you give up a first and a top prospect for Coleman, oof, that that's a lot. That is a lot. And honestly, I I was not happy with the trade then at the deadline. I'm still not happy about it now. And I, uh, again, I, I know that you can't rush – you, you can't judge right away whether or not these prospects are actually going to make it or not. But I'm telling you, both Foot, Nolan Foot and his brother Calfoot, those two are going to be in the NHL before we know it, and they're going to do some uh, serious damage uh, across the NHL. But unfortunately, the, now Nolan Foot is with the New Jersey Devils. Here's my only kind of thing I could I could say about uh, yeah. two – potentially defend uh sure no and go for it um is that look at the lightning team and realistically speaking even though he's 19 it might be a while as a left winger to uh earn a spot no and and that's a that's that's impossible but with the talent that the lightning have it could be kind of hard for him uh i think calfoot uh rightfully so who didn't get traded in that uh, uh, in there, uh, his brother, he's got a better chance of yes. being on the team potentially next year, you could argue, because they have a bunch of UFAs and RFAs. So. And you don't know if yeah, they're going to be able to sign them all, So if you can fit them in there, anything. Oh, I'm, I'm sure ready, you could sure. fit Calfoot. Because, again, mm-hmm. I would put Calfoot over Zach Bogosian or Luke Shen any day of the week. Eric Sharnak, he's turning out to be a pretty – excuse me, pretty solid defenseman for Tampa Bay so far. You have McDonough, Sergeyev, Shattenkirk. He turned out to be a really good signing for only a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, you know, as for Nolan Foote, the left wingers right now, Alex Lorne, first wing, Andre Palat, who's on the second one, really should be in the first wing, but he's has tremendous chemistry there with Braden Point, uh, Mitchell Stevens, and Patrick Maroon. If anything, you really um, – if Tampa Bay were kept Nolan Foot, throw him on the third or fourth line to start, uh, keep Maroon or Stevens as like depth players for now, or even try slotting him over. You know, honestly, you can't even throw him in the right wing because, again, you gave up. Oh, I'll put it this way if you never made the trade, you could put Foot eventually where Coleman's spot is on the second line. You could put him, uh, bump Yanni Gord up to the second line, put uh, Foot on the yeah. third. Or Barkley Goodrow's spot, mm-hmm. and who also Tampa Bay also overpaid for, giving out another first round pick for him, put him on that spot. So again, okay. I, I know some players and, are, and yeah. The Lightning, for the Lightning's sake, because they're more than likely always going to be in the playoffs or right around the playoff spot, their draft picks 
to them don't matter as much. Clearly. But also, if they can continue to find these guys in Europe, because that seems to be where they're mostly doing their uh, scouting yeah. scouting and everything, then I think it's fine. Because their scouting department's just fantastic, pretty much. Oh, it's, it's honestly one of the best yeah. in the business. Um, I will say that... It's, it just um, would have been hard for to me to think that he would have been able to... Right, and I, again, that's spot. a very fair point. That's my only thing I could have... Yeah. That's my only kind of thinking there. Right. So there's that. And I also probably thought I want to kind of, because they don't want to, the lightning's sake is we don't want to have another situation like last year where we get swept first round. Right. And we want to have as many kind of tools in the arsenal as possible. Right. And and again, having the depth in Blake Coleman and because he has a little more experiment. Yeah. Experience, not experience. Yeah, uh, could be more of an attribute to them. So I, right. that's that's just kind of my thinking. And, and that's fair. Um, uh, but again, yeah, you yeah. never can have too much depth for a team. And again, yeah. that's that's really fair. Um, so flyers. let's qu- actually quickly, yeah, let's quickly move on to another topic because yes. we had um, uh, a tangent there. Yep. Uh, so more updates, kind of around the league as we get closer to the start of the regular season. Or not the regular season. Regular season is over. Uh, the play-in <laughs> and uh, yeah. playoffs. Uh, Monday, believe it or not, Monday the thirteenth. I think it is. Yep. Yep. Training camps open up in the NHL. Yes, they do. If you want to know how close it is, uh, by the time this podcast is over, uh, it's gonna be about two days. <laughs> yep. Which is awesome. It's, it's awesome. And speaking of which, I just. Looked on my Twitter and uh, our captain Claude Giroux of the Flyers uh, was skating. So I think any fan of any kind of uh, team at this point, if we're looking at their Twitter page or whatever they're looking at, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, uh, and they see every once in a while whatever players on the ice skating, you got to get some kind of a little giddiness because like, oh, it's almost time. It's almost time. Oh, yeah. And it's always, getting there. None of that. Uh, some other dates were also um, announced. Yes. Uh, during it. One important thing is uh, for the Stanley Cup final, uh, the latest uh, for the, it's those is between September 20th and October 2nd at the latest. Yes. And that is from uh, Elliot Friedman uh, that came out yesterday. Yep. No, two days ago, the 8th. Um, and the tentative 2020-2021 camps open November 17th with the tentative season starting December 1st. Yeah. So, again, honestly, the fact that and a tentative those date are the dates. The, of the draft is October 6th. Yes. So, important dates for that. Important dates for me. So, I got to already put in requests now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, but – yeah. I will say this though. So, and uh, also Frank Saravelli tweeted out a, a some more kind of schedule dates and everything. July twenty fourth, uh, the teams will travel to the hub cities in Edmonton and Toronto. Also, a very quick update about Edmonton. I don't know how much this will uh, affect NHL, but uh, just two days ago, Jason K. Uh, of editor in chief of the hockey news tweeted out, and the Edmonton Hospital has effectively shut yeah. its doors to the public due to a full facility COVID outbreak, according to reports. 
NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly says at this point he does not expect the outbreak to impact the league's hub city announcement. So that surprises me a lot. Uh, we'll have to keep a very close eye in the next few it's, days for sure, maybe even yeah, weeks, scary to see what happens. Kind of since this whole coronavirus thing started was that's the one thing we're trying to avoid is having hospitals kind of overrun. Right. And that's kind of a scary situation, especially if it's yeah. in the one hub city, since we just changed it to that hub city since Vegas had their cases. Exactly. Start going Spike. up. Um, and even if it's not Edmonton, I'm sure it's going to be someone else in Western Canada that would get it. Right. Um, uh, I still, um, I doubt because everything seems to be in place still. Hotel accommodations have been met mm-hmm. for where these teams would be staying once yeah. they get to the hub cities. Um, some fun things too, which I think for hockey fans and just the sport in general be great. Uh, there's going to be three games a day. Yes, apparently, according to Emily uh, Kaplan, who is an ESPN hockey mm-hmm. reporter, she was told that the most likely plan for the NHL is to have three games a day in each of the hub cities, just like Mike mentioned: 12 p.m., 4 p.m., and 8 p.m. Given the two-hour difference cities, between yes. in those cities. Given the two-hour difference between Toronto and Edmonton should be a viewer's dream, as she tweeted because out. realistically, it would be two, what, two, four, and then what, ten? Right? No. Well, it, it depends. Sorry. So. I'm just going off of 12, then four, and right. eight. So, so because, again, uh, that would, you know, that, that should or be. Or seven. You know, it should be seven two. I want to say that should be 2, 6, and 10. Oh, yeah, 2, 6, 10, you're right. P.M. and Eastern time. So it's 12 p.m., 4 p.m., 8 p.m. Western time. Mm -hmm. And then um, Eastern time, that should be 2 p.m., 6 p.m., and 10 p.m. Again, there's that two-hour difference. Um, So there's that to keep in mind. But either way, though, that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. Oh, man, I, um, I can't tell you how, gonna, how many late it, games I'm going to stay I even said, I said it to you, too, uh, before we just got on. And when Mitch and I were talking about this the other day when it came out, that's it being a potential kind of thing, is that it's kind of like the NFL. Because NFL yeah. is one, four, and eight on Sundays, even though it's multiple games. It's going to also have that feeling of, like, the Olympics or uh, the World Cup, where it's, like, three games a day, which is pretty yeah. cool. Because by noon, you can pretty much watch hockey for the rest of the day. And that repeats. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> not reruns, not repeats. They're actually going to be games that matter and count. Kind of. Kind of. The round round, even though the, the top four teams, it doesn't really matter. It just kind of matters. In, hey, it's just, it, it would just be uh, good to have some live action yeah. hockey again. So mm-hmm. that's all I'm and saying. And then there's the one exhibition game. Yes. One again, that's fine with me. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking it's about, I'm curious the of how they're going to figure out who plays whom in that situation. Right. Well, this might help here, Mike. So, in the Eastern uh, Hub teams, they are going to be going to Toronto, of course. So that makes sense. So they already have hotel assignments. Apparently, this looks like this was from TSN. Uh, it was a screenshot from a Twitter page, and the uh, on here in Hotel X. I guess I don't know if they 
declared where that is, uh, but it's Boston, Tampa Bay, Washington, Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh. Someone's going to have to keep an eye on, on that hotel like crazy. Uh, in Royal York, Carolina, uh, both New York teams, Toronto, Columbus, Florida, and Montreal. So what's interesting to me is that they're putting all the qualifying teams um, in one hotel and all the, you know, the, the, the top teams plus Pittsburgh um, in the other hotel. You, I'm just curious to why they wouldn't almost, I don't know. You know, put one more team to make it a little bit more even out. I don't know, but in the West, that's I think it's even even in the West. Right, exactly. It's you know, know. it's exactly even because in the West, the JW Marriott, the St. Louis, St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, Dallas, Edmonton, Nashville, and Sutton Place, uh, Vancouver, Calgary, Winnipeg, Minnesota, Arizona, and Chicago. Yeah, I don't know, but here's another thing too, based on the schedule, and I just saw this from. Uh, Chris Johnson that was tweeted out 22 hours ago uh, that says in part uh, with the NHL schedule still being finalized the tentative critical dates calendar spells out how a a compressed playoffs would look qualifying rounds 10 days round one fewer than 14 days uh, sorry rounds one two and three fewer than 14 days and a Stanley Cup final fewer than 13 days so that's another thing to look out for so if anyone was interested yep. in how long those kind of uh, rounds could potentially be. Yeah. We're getting closer. Yes, we are. Which is great. Yes. And not only that, because they even mentioned on our podcast on uh, Tuesday, if you want to listen back to that when you're with Matt, um, it's right under this one, uh, that uh, another plug of our podcast. Uh, but we mentioned how I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Love it. Oh my God. <laughs> I had something yeah. and I lost it. Yeah, I lost it. Oh. Yep, yep, yep. I lost it. All right. It's gone. Hopefully it'll come back. Um, so while you're hopefully getting your thought back um let's move on really quickly to the cap space for next year so it sounds like there's a lot of movement for uh an extension on the cba which is great that way we won't have to worry about a lockout anytime soon that's what i was talking Uh, about i I remember you're you're reminding me uh we mentioned last time how uh me and my brother were talking about how it seems like the nhl has been doing the best when it comes to um the playing or the bubble kind of figure out how right. to come back into this the best way and the i think the best part of it is that a year ahead of the schedule they came out with the whole cba conversation uh yeah. development and one thing i can probably think why of this and i might have even said on the last podcast is because they didn't want another situation like the mlbs where yeah. it's kind of just a complete kind of shit show. crap sheet yeah, yeah. Um, and no, you get that right. Um, and I think they didn't and, want and that. Really they didn't want that situation to happen. So like, let's just get this sitch over and done with. But it's still because before it's this still whole, far from over. Because he much because he said what it was a one and a half mil, right? Of what the 
so as a result, we know the cap will remain 81 and a half mil next mm-hmm. season and probably one after. From yes. there, it can gradually rise, though that will depend on how revenues recover. So apparently, the whole... prior to the pandemic, yeah. yes, yep. um, next season cap was expected to rise to at least 84 million. Keyword, at least. Yeah. So the fact that it would have gotten a $2.5 million bump at least, maybe more, hopefully, well, that's not going to happen. It's staying at 81 no. and a half, and that, that would really That would have helped a lot of teams. Yes. Even though Three you teams have, that Elliot Freeman has, talked about. And was it Elliot? Sorry, not Elliot Freeman. No, uh, Roy Boylan. Um, but, uh, damn it, I lost my train of thought again. This is what uh, four months of being in quarantine and, and uh, coronavirus does to you. Basically. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Since Seattle, even though you do have Seattle coming in in uh, a short amount of time and everything, <laughs> and even though they can relieve some of the cap kind of hit on some of these teams, they're not going to be able to take every team's biggest uh, kind of cap hit, which... I saw on the athletic because you sent me that too. That they did a kind of mock draft of what Seattle could take, and a lot yeah. of them, what some of those guys did was just kind of the guys with the either kind of the big biggest salaries, salary kind of thing. And because again, Seattle's not going to be able to take, even though Seattle's going to need some salary, they're not going to be able to take it all. No, so it's going to be hard for some of these teams to get around some of these teams, some of these things. And this so, Rory yeah. Boyland article uh, you can find on Sportsnet. Uh, it's three te- NHL teams that are, are hurt most by the flat salary cap. Uh, and they mentioned Toronto, Tampa Bay, and uh, St. Louis being uh, at the top of that, which shouldn't really be a surprise even going to this season. Tampa, uh, Toronto and Tampa Bay both had issues with this. Toronto so much so that they almost had to go with a um, one less forward. They were that yeah. close to the cap. Yeah. Um, looking at contracts that they had to re-sign, so they have Cody Cece, who's a big one at four and a half mil. Honestly, they're just going to let him walk. In my, I that's they, my guess. I honestly think they're going to let Tyson Berry walk, too. I that that would be a mistake. Is one, he's a better defenseman than Cody Cece. He's making two million sorry, less. Sorry, 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 sorry. They'll probably trade him. Oh, okay. All right. That's better, but still not great. Um, I know I, I, I could see it Even though Tyson happening. Barry hasn't played the best this season. That's well, think about it though. He, he was playing for Mike Babcock at first, and then ever since um, Sheldon but I don't Keith know how, came in, he's played better. I don't know how much love there is yeah. both ways because this is only his first season in. Right. Also, a big note for Toronto. So th- I, I actually already kind of disagree the tiniest bit with Toronto being picked only because of this reason. Both Nathan Horton and David Clarkson's 5.2 and $5.3 million contracts are going to expire. So they get 10.5 mil in cap space there. Yeah, but they only brought those on because they actually traded to get one of those, if I'm not mistaken, so they can get some cap relief if you get an injury reserve player. Right. So even though that does help, but doesn't really because there was some cap relief there that they were kind of getting by, away with with that. Um, yeah. That does help. They don't have to worry about that anymore. Right. Uh, again, Cody CC's four and a half mil. 
he's a good defenseman in my opinion. I know he's not a fan, fan favorite for a lot of people. Uh, that's he's just not. what I think. But uh, I, I don't think be, you're. That's going to be between either Tyson Berry or Cody Cece. Again, because unfortunately, because of this, they're not yeah. going to be able to improve their defense any, and because of some of the uh, big contracts that they gave away. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. gonna have to be one of them. And more than likely It would make uh, sense being CC because say you could easily see like Andres Janssen or even uh Well Janssen, he's only or, Yeah, no Janssen making foot potentially getting taken up by uh, not getting protected and taken by yeah. Seattle or just traded away or something just to get right. some cap relief because the one thing we've mentioned so many times on this, and the one thing they did get away with is getting a pretty uh, good backup in Jack Campbell. Their biggest hole is their defense. Yes. That's great. You have Jake Muzzin for a while and uh, Morgan Riley, but uh, there's not much else there. Yeah. And you don't have, um, you're not going to have the space to bring on anyone. So you're going right. to have to hope, even though you're, uh, not great draft wise, even though near the end they do have what they do have ten picks this year. Most of them in the sixth and seventh round. Hopefully, they can find a diamond in the rough there that can eventually kind of come in and do well. Because the Flyers obviously found Phil Myers, it's possible to find guys like that. Yeah, maybe some. Um, I'll, I'll put it this way: so... can kind of take on that role, but. I don't know because, yeah, they um. So have, let me, they have the looking at they have that unfortunate thing of having to continuously go up no matter what against either Boston or Tampa Bay at some point. Yeah, uh, here's an interesting one. So I'm looking at the article of the expansion draft from the Athletic uh, about a week ago, and explaining you know who is protected you know who's projected to protect two for Toronto. Here's the ones that they are projected to protect. Of course, Matthews, Kapanen, Elander, Tavares, Marner. They're protect, projected to also protect Kapanen, Kerfoot, Hyman, uh, Morgan Riley, Jake Muzzin, Travis Dermont, uh, Jack Campbell, uh, players such as Rasmus Sandin, Timothy Lilligren, uh, and Ilya Mikheyev. They're exempt to the players that leave them unprotected CC, Barry, Justin Hole, Freddie Anderson, Pierre Engvel, and Andreas Janssen. And the Athletic is actually projecting them to take, of all people, Engvel, which is surprising to me. Um, so I don't know. Uh, that's just someone's kind of take on it. Right. Again, it's their take, but you, you gonna, never know. You never know, but I'm, I'm not going to put too much on that. Granted, right. And too much thought to that. Yeah. Kyle Dubas is a good GM. He has some problems yeah. here, but so do most of them. Yeah. Most GMs, they but, have some, um, even though even the best have some kind of fault to them. So. Right. So there's that. Um, Tampa, so let's, Bay, Tampa Bay, obviously, because they're even, yes. Tampa has a lot of stuff. So let, I'm going to go to their contracts there. So right um, now. Like Here's the met, players that like they you just mentioned. They have a bunch of defensemen that are oof. coming up at the end of the year. Yeah, um, 
Uh, they have Jan Ruta, 1.3 mil. He's currently on the IR. He's a free agent. You have the only uh, good thing is Shattenkirk, 1.75 mil. Most of these guys that they do have to resign are kind of either cheap bottom or like cheap yeah. options. So it doesn't really matter. They can just give them like a. They do. The only one that's going to cost them con- money, really, is Mikhail Sergachev, who's an RFA, possibly Eric Sharanek, who's an RFA, and more importantly, Anthony Sorelli, who's also an RFA. Other than that, they have a couple other RFAs, Mitchell Stevens, Carter Verhage, uh, and then the rest are UFAs, and Mike Condon, whose contract got buried, um, Jan Ruta, uh, Luke Shen, Shattenkirk, Bogosian, and yeah. Pat Maroon. Yeah, and f- unfortunately, they don't have that kind of thing like the tw- uh, Maple Leafs do, where it's they have some guys that are coming off uh, yeah. long-term injury, or whatever that right. would help them a lot. Um, so the one thing that they're going to have to deal with is kind of what the Penguins have always kind of had to deal with the Blackhawks when they were at their dominant is just kind of find little pieces guys like pat maroon is always going to be that guy that's probably going to be on bounce around to every team in the league just because he's a pretty good depth player and he's not he's he's a journeyman yeah and most Uh, again he's a good depth player but he's just a journeyman journeyman yeah but if i had to guess Tampa bay probably brings back another nine hundred thousand. it's not much he helps there you go uh, the projected list, sorry, protected list for Tampa Bay for guys who are they are not protecting is an interesting one, like very interesting. So they are, according to this list again, it's it's all projected. They're only going to protect Sergeyev, Vasilevsky, Chernak, Stamkos, um, Kucherov, Hedman, Calfoot, Sorelli, and Braden Point. So that leaves a lot of good players available. McDonough, Yanni Gord, Palat, Kalorn, Tyler Johnson, Matthew Joseph, Blake Coleman, and Alexander Volkov. So so that uh, list would then mean that Calfoot would be playing for the Lightning then? Most likely, say, yeah. Because yeah, if he's in the minors still and he would be in the minors, then there would be no reason to protect him. Because he would already be protected being in the minors. Not necessarily. No, I thought you could. I, I don't believe. I thought you had so, to play. Certain, I thought you had to play a certain amount of beat. Um, a certain amount to be. I I can't but remember I if it's certain amount of NHL games or AHL games in general. Or, I don't know. Or I I don't know, but um. So either way, they would protect him. The the projected play, pick is Alexander Volkov. Um, I highly doubt that, just because how can you? Uh, not pass up on someone like Ron and McDonough. You know, I got this, Jeff. Jeff, yeah, cap friendly, cap uh, uh, Seattle expansion draft simulator. There you go. Is that is that under uh, where is that under? If you go on to interactive, here we go. Let's do it. You know, it's gonna you, it's gonna take too long. Do you know what we should do? So let's do this another hockey podcast for another time. Let's yeah. each do a uh, a cat friendly projected um, uh, expansion draft simulator okay. and, and talk about it. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, 
And we'll go so, our own way of who we'd protect and everything. Exactly. Right? So, so we'll, we'll, we can go off of uh, the simulator and also who we would protect. Yeah. Anyway, so for Tampa Bay, they're obviously one. And then the third one is this, this in this article, but it actually bears mentioning uh, is St. Louis. But the one thing that St. Louis has similar to uh, Toronto, but not so much is uh, Petrangelo is a UFA at the end of the year. Yes. So that's going to be a tricky one. Yeah. So I think that Petrangelo, oof, I don't know. He's, he, um, he's it's not going to be happy there because, you know, you don't know. It's it's a tough situation because I'm sure yeah. the Blues would love to bring him back because, you know, yeah, he's the captain, right? And he helped them win their first ever cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so I'll put it this way: they have some very cost you six and a half mils again. And you, do, the only one that realistically, again, the long term injury reserve that could help towards that is Jay Boomy. He was three point two five mil. Yeah, sure. yeah he, he, could... he should be done playing. Vince Dunn, he needs a contract, and he's a very good young defenseman. He's not going to cost much. He won't cost a whole lot, but he could cost 1.52 mil, which still doesn't help your case. I wouldn't say that much, but yeah. You never know. Um, But yeah, so the other problem is you really don't have a lot of expiring contracts. So you're going to – if you are – Doug Armstrong, you're going to have to get rid of some big contracts if you want to re-sign Alex Petrangelo. Mm-hmm. I'd take this into account. Braden Chen's yeah. uh, takes effect Oof. next season. Oof. Also, he also goes up 1.4 so mil. Does, so does Justin Falks. <laughs> oh, and, and that uh, jumps up. And uh, Marco Scandella. And that jumps up another 1.2 mil. So literally, unless they that, dump although, a big contract those, yeah, or multiple contracts, tra- contracts Petrangelo is not going to go back to St. Louis. All those contracts that take effect next season kind of wipe out that f- almost like little over three mil that you get relief from Joy, uh, Jay Bomeister, I could argue. Yeah, but still, that's not going to be nearly enough to re-sign Petrangelo. You're, you're going to it's almost got to be dealt. I'm not going to lie. I'll put it this way. I think the most realistic and best option to deal someone because his contract expires not this year, but year after that, um, Tyler Bozak at five mil. Maybe. You might have to retain some, like 20, 25% salary, mm-hmm. but if it helps resign someone like Petrangelo, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Or you buy out. Jake Allen. That's not a bad option. Um, he's twenty nine, but four point three five mil. He's for one year left for that year. Yeah, yeah. So they, we'll, they we'll see what happens. Of, they got a lot of questions there. Uh, yeah, he he's in the prime of his career. You could argue for Petrangelo, who's thirty. Yeah. No, and and, and he's. Oof. He's not going to get any worse, honestly, for right now. He's got a solid five, six years at least mm-hmm. for um, St. Louis here to, to help him compete again. Yeah. I will say be... this. One thing that they're lucky about is they at least have Colton Pericchio locked up for two more years. Mm-hmm. 
And if you want to look at like the whole kind of who's close to that um, kind of final cap hit or whatever for uh, next year, you can always go to Cap Friendly's page and look at the cap space and just hit one other quick uh, thought: the final cap. If you're trying to buy out a big contract, I hate to do it. If I was Doug Armstrong, because I love the guy personally, Alexander Steen, five point seven five mil, maybe. Again, if you're trying to get some serious cash, that is one route to go. Arizona's close to that too. Yeah. Um. So those are the three teams, though. Arizona's close, but let's also take it fact. Um, there's going to be no way that they're going to be able to afford both Phil Kessel. I know it's not for Phil Kessel. Um, Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to be able to bring him back or if he's going to want to come back. And also this too, because the the salary cap both for, for Taylor Hall and Bo Meester's sake and if they don't resign and go elsewhere I don't know how much money they're going to be able to get just because of teams that are that close to uh, that cap hit yeah again the, the cap hit it's going to screw a lot of teams and over more than next likely, year more than likely both those guys are going to want to go to a team that's a, comp- a contender especially contender. Taylor Hall but again, the nice thing is this will be legitimately the first time he's going to have a choice of where he wants to go because both times during his contract, he was traded. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. Um, I am yeah, – uh, but um, the other thing I was going to say, so th- that's all I have for there. I just have the one last thing, and that's the yeah. Flyers yep. preview. Since, as I mentioned two times so far, I think, possibly more. Uh, training camp does open up on Monday. I don't necessarily think every person has to be there, but I think the doors open for uh, training camp to start. Um, I think the more important date is when they can travel back up, but this is a good starting point because guys can get back in the groove of things. Everyone's going to be back in town, but just look at some what to look forward to as we're going back into this uh, cutting training camp period, even though it's not really training camp. Uh, Because let's not forget at the end of uh, before the play halted, Flyers had two kind of key injuries with JVR and uh, Phil Myers. Yeah. They're both hurt at the end of the year. And by all account, I believe they're both healthy. Um, Oscar Lindblom, quick Oscar Lindblom update. He also skated again. Uh, he's definitely not going to be playing, though. So there's that. Uh, there's yes. just another giant question mark on Nolan Patrick, though. But That really is, yes. If he does come back, that's another hurdle. But for the most part, we're just going to stick with the two guys, injury-wise, that could be the big uh, jump for the Flyers coming back into this play-in and not actually playoffs because they're not playing in the play-in. Uh, their little four-team uh, four uh, uh, battling for seeding and then the playoffs itself. Uh, actually, I think we mentioned a couple times that third pair, we can just start off there. Is this going to be, a, I think, a carousel to start? Yeah, it's definitely going to be a carousel between Phil Meyer, Shane Gossespierre, and, and Robert Haig. Um, Correct. If it were up to me, 
would you go playoff experience over talent or talent over playoff experience? Because well, for not, me personally, all three of them don't have great playoff experience. <laughs> Goss Spare, I think, has the most, which he isn't even a whole lot because yeah, exactly. he played but in the. If it were me, or no. He only played. He's played since the 2016 playoffs, so he doesn't even have as much as I thought he did. Yeah, but I'd go Ghost and Myers. But that's that's just, exactly what I was that's thinking just of. me. Um, yeah. I know there's a bunch. I know there's a kind of devoted Haig fan base uh, in Philadelphia <laughs> that's probably shouting at their uh, whatever they're listening listening to this from. Maybe they're coming back from work <laughs> or something, shouting at their dashboard saying, "No, Robert Haig should play. Uh, he is better than Shane Gossespierre." And if you look at those lists on uh, players who are protected, Shane Gossespierre is one of those guys who is not protected. Yes. So that's just a quick we'll thing there, but. Uh, that's just how um, I would go about, but again, it's just going to be a carousel. Unfortunately, it's not like normal training can, but the start of the season where you have a couple games to go about this. Granted, you could take some of those uh, seeding games to potentially yep. go about these uh, some of these uh, players battling to oh, absolutely, play and, and everything. then uh, uh, also something that will help with these playing or the uh, more than like round robin. Yeah, that third pair could be easily change. I yeah. could see every game. Yeah, no, absolutely. We um, saw it even during the season at times where Vigneault, even when the Flyers had won a game or two, where he made slight changes anyway. because something still wasn't going right. Because even because that's one thing that we mentioned many times how great AB has become, and you could probably do a whole thing. <laughs> A podcast on that itself of the many times we've mentioned uh, how great and how much we like AV and everything from uh, what we were getting and uh, Dave Haxtell. But the thing Dave Haxtell would always do is even if he won, he wouldn't change it much because he said, oh, we won this game, which means we were obviously the better team. So what's the point of changing things? AV kind of liked that for the most part. But even if there's games where there were times where the Flyers struggled at times. He noted those struggles and went, okay, how could this be different so we don't see this situation happen again? So you saw a bunch of, especially bottom six and third pair, a lot of changes throughout the season. Uh, so one thing I definitely will want to note, yeah. right, is one thing I definitely want to note right here, though, Mike, is, again, like the, the playing games, like the round-robin games, whatever you want to call them, uh, the expedition games, whatever, uh, for the Flyers, not only are you going to see a carousel between that that third defensive pair, you're going to see a, yes. a lot of splits time between Brian Elliott and Carter Hart, uh, just because you, you could see Hart getting more of the starts than Elliott, but... Uh, just it can't hurt to keep both goalies loose just mm-hmm. to get them some, but some I think playing once time. Once the playoffs actually start, it's going to be. Oh, hard. it's it's definitely going to be hard. Uh, my point is, you can never be too right. sure, especially in the saying. playoffs. Um, yeah. But I kind of went on a little bit on the defense. When you look at what the forwards could look like once JVR is back in the lineup, because there yes, wasn't really much time. He is with, currently out, technically, but he's going to tri- be back. Honestly, since the trade deadline happened when play ha- uh, was going on, there wasn't a lot of time where JVR was in there. So, yeah. Well, and I'll tell you why, Mike, because mm-hmm. uh, guys like Nicholas Albe, Kubel, Derek Grant, 
uh, Tyler Pitlake, Scott Lawton, and honestly, Michael Raffle, their games have all stepped up tremendously, especially Nicholas Abe-Kubel. And uh, for Knack, uh, he's going to play a very key role in this playoff run, potentially, for the Philadelphia Flyers. And his speed, his tenacity, his uh, just his skill set with the puck, the ability to score, but also that ability to really tick off the opponents like Travis, Connect- Travis Konechny does uh, is going to be a real asset to this team. It really will. Um, and like we said earlier, it doesn't hurt to have too much depth, and the Flyers have kind of right. plenty of that. Oh, they, um, they have plenty of depth. Mm-hmm. The fact that Scott Lawton, Derek Grant, and Pitlick is mm-hmm. uh, uh, is their third line, has a very good third line that has speed, that has a lot of physica- physicality, uh, board play right there. The, the fact that they will do what it takes to really play for the puck um, someone actually tweeted uh, out a, a, a video clip of a Tyler Pitlick goal. I think it was against Buffalo. And it literally showed the perfect reason of why um, Chuck Fletcher went out and got Tyler Pitlick mm-hmm. in all one play. The, the play was the puck was surrounded by a few Buffalo Sabres. Pitlick raced in to get the puck. The puck got turned back over in Buffalo zone back over the Sabres. Um, Pitlick got it, took a shot, got the rebound, and put the puck in the net. And he was surrounded by two, three Buffalo Sabres. And or, or there's, you know, unfortunately not really a teammate in sight, but that shows how much of an effort Tyler Pitlick will go and make uh, in just one play and a sequence and all. I agree. Um, but real quick, uh, this is yes. how I think the lineups, the lineup could look like with Jamie mm-hmm. back in which could just be back to what we saw majority of the year, uh, kind of. But I see Pitlick would then – I think my thinking would be Thompson would come out of the lineup. Yep. And then that Why fourth line be what he saw, which was a great fourth line, which was Raffle, Pitlick, and Avi Kubel. We saw that many times this year that even when the Flyers' first nine, realistically, you could argue at times, were struggling – some of the games against the Capitals, even though there were games where we destroyed early on in those games, the Flyers kind of struggled at the front. But the one line that always kept them in it was Ave Kubel. And the one game in that line, but Ave Kubel specifically, if you remember, the game where he had his fight and he scored in that game against the Capitals. Yeah, the Gordie Hattrick. I think that was a very good indication of what you saw with that fourth line. Yes, absolutely. Not only that, but uh, Albany Kubel specifically. So that would mean you can put this fourth line with the past 10, maybe 15 years for the Flyers, and I could say they're probably the best fourth line. Oh, yeah, hands down. Um, So that would mean that 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 would mean uh, third line. Third line, it would be Derek Grant, or you could put Lawton at center, but I think it'd be Derek Grant with JVR and Scott Lawton. And that would be, again, another good depth line. First, I think Farabee will be on the second line. But if mm-hmm. he, again, we've seen this happen many times in the season, if Farabee tends to struggle or... Just flip JVR and uh, Farabee. Yeah. Or maybe Lawton or Raffle, whoever. Yeah, g- g- uh, give them a chance. Why not? Just um, in case Farabee at those times kind of falls off or he feels like he's right. a little outmatched here, he might change it in-game. We've seen that many times. And it wasn't even yeah. a thing, a, like a... Dave Haxtell kind of thing where he benched it for the rest of the game. He just did it because he thought he wanted more so just to give him better um, 
opponents to go after and not have to worry so much about going after some of the tougher opponent kind of thing, yeah. but still uh, not overextend him too much for a young player that he still is and developing. Yes. Because that's the one thing that hurts a lot of these developing players is putting them into a bad or two kind of stressfully kind of exactly. situations where they, they're basically not, they, they rush their talent. They yeah, rush exactly. the kind of player they could be when mm-hmm. again, if they, as long as they're patient and don't mm-hmm. rush these players, they could grow phenomenally, but yes. if they rush too early, it could honestly not only ruin their confidence and play, it could ruin slowly, but surely almost ruin their career a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah. That first line will stay, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see Konechny jump on the first line. Yeah, so the first line, Drew, Katoria, Voracek. Yes. And then I wouldn't pop, be potentially just yeah. flip Katoria, sorry, uh, Voracek and, and uh, Konechny a little bit mm-hmm. here and there. Um, again, I have the exact same uh, line combination for the Flyers for, for, uh, for me. But if you th- say you throw, say, Patrick comes back, he's clear yeah. from contact, the Flyers are okay with them playing. Where do you put them? And then how do you go about the lineup then? Um, I got to go back then, to the line for a second. Because there's a realistically a good player that could have to come out. Yeah. So you already, um, took, you already took Thompson. Almost, you already took Thompson out for JBR. Yeah. So I almost need to between do it. Derek Grant, Kubel, or Tyler Pitlick. I don't know. I would honestly, and again, I'd hate to do it, but if you if that means bringing Nolan Patrick back, I would consider taking out uh, Derek Grant, and I hate to do that, but I would just have him there for depth. Uh, and then I would, for starters, just to see how he goes, I would put Pat uh, Patrick on the fourth line, just a nice, easy break-in. Um, and I would take it really, really slow with Patrick and just to see what he gets. And it, it, again, if he does good and just progresses, bump him up to the third line and then just keep him there. Yep, I agree. But um, realistically speaking, because Fleur heard nothing, more than likely because he's been in Canada most likely. And yeah. been, he hasn't been with any Flyers medical staff or anything. So obviously he's not going to really be able to hear or you aren't really going to get much of an update right. on him. Um, uh, all right, so... If, and one, I assume yeah. he's going to come to Philadelphia. Whether he plays or not is a different story. Um, I'm kind of I say I'm going to give it I'll put some in his favor. I'll say a 25% chance that he plays. Yeah. I it's it's really tough to say. I I want to give him a chance. I'm only going to give him a 20% chance unfortunately. It's mm-hmm. more than unlikely in my opinion. Uh it, it really is tough to say. Also since and there's it, no minors, I think the guys that they yeah. do bring, because I don't think the roster really expands so much. I think it expands some, but they're going to be – They're allowed to have 31 players. Yeah, they're going to be in Lehigh Valley. Mm-hmm. Well, the training camp's going on, I should say. Yes, yes. Just um, in case they come up, and some of the guys you may see again are obviously most more than likely guys who saw this season. Um uh, one of them actually was skating the other day, Andy Andreoff. Yep, Andreoff. Um, um, you could see Rubstoff, Frost. 
you would definitely see Morgan Frost. Uh, mm-hmm. I would be very excited to see that. I would be very excited to see uh, Garvin um, Rubisov. Uh, David Kasha, could you make an argument for him? Uh, I can make the same argument for him than I can do for Chris Stewart. Yeah. Uh, Carson Torinsky, yes, Connor yeah. Bonneman. Yep. Um, Again, also, just if there was an injury, there's that. And same for defense, you have Mark Friedman there. Yes, definitely Mark Freeman. I was going to say defense. You need some other backup guys just in case Freeman should definitely be there. Um, yeah. So, And then if it comes down to this, Andy Walensky. If it comes down to the Flyers, you're down that many. Yeah. Perk defensemen. Maybe Chris Biggers. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so I, I, would like but, to see, I would like to say Zermola, but I don't think he would actually. Because I, I think he don't has. don't know. Uh, he's talked about how he's coming to. Yeah, to the bubble skating. So hey, uh, again, if, if, if I think he could be one of the last and people that would be that, there. Jeff, let's take a second here. Yeah, we're on the second uh, on the segment of the Flyers and their minor leagues. Um, some of the guys that they signed to entry level contracts that you can see on the fan. Wyatt Wiley, Wade Allison, Tanner Lizinski. Yeah. Uh, Linus Hogberg, there's a couple guys, young uh, guys that are yeah. going to be coming over. So that Phantoms team that I don't think did that well this year, uh, you could see them soon picking up too. They're going to do a phenomenal job in the next year or two. Um, you also probably see you also probably see Alex Lyon as well, if not yes. one of Sandstrom and Ustamenko. Again, maybe. That's only 31 players or whatever, 31 people. I forget, but yeah. I don't know. Who's. It is 31 for players, yeah. Okay. So it's going to be interesting to see how both Chuck Fletcher or AV and AV go about doing that. I, I think they're going to uh, get their whole staff together, really uh, talk and, and say, like, look, who are the players that gives us the best chance mm-hmm. to win? Uh, we named a lot of them. Even though – yeah, I'm assuming yeah. they still bring what's-his-face the head coach of the – Phantoms over to Scott Gabriel. Gordon. Yeah, they'll get his insight too. Of yeah, and and that's guys. an excellent point right yeah. there. Um, I, I think that they will do that, and it will be again. It's exciting time. Mm-hmm. It's uh, like one this, again. It's we, like we mentioned many times so far. It's going to be like the start of the year again. It really is. It's crazy. So, um, Kasim Karchidi tweeted this out: the last possible day of the season, meaning really the Stanley Cup finals could end, is the same day. That the season began October second. Think yeah. about that for a minute. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so one last topic before we end but the today's other podcast. Hurt just in general is that um, as someone does get hurt and is out for a while in this playoffs, you could see him hurt to start of next season too. Yeah. Based on the dates we mentioned before, the tentative dates. Yeah, and that's a good point. Um, again, that's why you can't have too many. You 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 gotta have to make sure you have enough people and everything, but you gotta speak cautious. Um, all right, so let's get to our last topic here, Mike. Uh, it's a Flyers preview. So uh, NHL.com has one, and I'm just using it as a template um, from the St. Louis Blues one. So the biggest question: What is the biggest question for the Flyers? For example. For the St. Louis Blues, is can Robert Thomas keep improving through the qualifiers and beyond? I think the biggest question, really, we kind of already answered it, is will Nolan Patrick play in the playoffs? For me, it's 
well, kind of that, but more so how quickly will these guys get reacclimated to playing? How and quickly, that too. How quickly can not only Carter Hart get going again, but Brian Elliott? He is older, but yeah, it's a lot of it's a good amount of time off. Hopefully, they had some time. I know Carter Hart in the past couple of weeks or whatever was skating here and there. That's good. Yeah. I I think I saw a couple of times where they had someone in net, so someone was there. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they get going. Carter Hart, it takes some time, but it doesn't take that long for him to get used to it. Um, right. So we'll see. That's my biggest question. Is yeah, no, uh, and that's and a good just one. My biggest question in general. Really, every any team is how quickly their yeah. goals can um, get acclimated. The next, yeah, the next one is injury updates. Good news is everyone's basically healed except for you know, mean, Nolan Patrick yeah, and Lindbaum. So we did kind of touch on that too. When, yeah, that so, Phil Myers and uh, JVR. Yeah. Also, um, Nate Thompson, I believe, had some sort of injury. Yeah, that was a little thing, but yeah. Right, but still, the, it, again, it's good to have everyone who is yeah. able to play mm-hmm. uh, only, physically. The only question mark is injury-wise is Nolan Patrick, Oscar Limbo, yeah. we know for a fact, even though he did yeah. this cancel treatment, not playing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so there's that. Oh, yeah, you said, uh, you said yours for your question. Yes. Uh, fresh face. Um, basically, this one is more so like a, of a young player who could make a difference for the Flyers. Uh, for example, for the Blues, they went with uh, for NHL.com. They went with Clem Costin, who's only 21 years old. So, can you think of a, a current Phil player Myers. who could make a difference? Phil Myers. I'm thinking Joel Faraby. Honestly, I could see Morgan Frost making Carter somewhat Hart. of a difference. Carter Hart is probably going to make the biggest difference since he's the starting goaltender for the Philadelphia Flyers. So there's a lot of good options there. Out of those, I'm I, I got to go Hart. Um, you can't I'm deny Hart, and my wild card is Phil Myers. My wild card is Morgan Frost. If he plays, if he plays again, that's why he's my wild card. Um, yeah, and we already talked about the projected lineup, so that is pretty much that. Um, I think all in all, though, it is going to be a very good and realistically, because um, again, we mentioned this many times. I don't know what's going to happen when. Everything comes back to play. I don't know how well the Flyers are going to be. I don't know how well their opponents are going to be. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they're first seeded just because it's the start of a new year. And yeah. outside of the, I think, Bruins, every other team in that first four all kind of struggled to start, uh, start the year. They did. Yeah. And the, the last thought, I, well, I had it, but as we said, the last thing I did have to say is um, – Really? Yeah. I Again, can see every every first, team fourth. I yeah. could see them tying the Penguins. Oh, I that's what I was gonna say. Uh, the Flyers for their they are they're honestly best case scenario right now for this whole thing. You know why? They have nowhere to go but up. If they end up fourth, that's where right where they're gonna be. At. If they get third, for, that's I, better. Second, who knows? First, well, second look or fourth. at that. It's gonna be really hard to be third. Exactly. But um, so again, nowhere to go up for nowhere to go but up for Philadelphia. Yep. It'd be interesting. Um, yeah, that it will. And with that, I think that's all we got for today. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, Definitely good. a lot to break down today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very good to discuss everything as we're getting very, very close, very close. to returning to mm-hmm. the NHL. And it's a very 
Um, Very soon, because so. training camps will be opening up. We're going to see yeah. insiders. I know Charlie. I know Charlie said because there's a glass or whatever between that would protect the press or whatever from watching uh, on ice and everything. So he's going to have uh, insights of what's going on. So there you go. Keep up with that. There's going to be updates from everything going on, on ice and everything. So yeah, should be interesting, and we'll be sure to bring it as much as we can. Uh, as we can, and we'll see you again on uh, Tuesday. So uh, yes, we will for the roundtable. We'll, yep. With that, we'll see you see. then.